Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. We tend to think of reading as a calming and relaxing activity, something we can do to wind down before going to sleep at night or on vacation while sitting poolside with a frosty cold strawberry lemonade. But for many young children, reading can actually be quite stressful and cause a lot of anxiety. Because it's one thing if you're naturally curious about reading and take to it pretty easily, but a very different story if you struggle at first, feel judged by teachers, or get teased by classmates. When that's your experience, confidence can quickly spiral downhill and lead to a destructive cycle, where you avoid reading, fail to improve, get more anxious, make more mistakes, lose even more confidence, and so on. That sounds like a pretty crummy spiral to get sucked into, of course, but it also sounds much like some of our own experiences with performing a musical instrument. I still remember my daughter's first studio recital, where one of the other students flat out refused to get on stage, crying and grabbing hold of his mom when it was his turn to play. I don't know if it was his very first recital, or if he had already had a negative experience with performing, but it was a little heartbreaking to see, and we could all empathize with both child and parent. Whether we're that child, or the parent or teacher, is there anything we can do to try to help build up a student's confidence and make performing a little more positive? Well, a bunch of programs have been developed over the years to help younger readers gain confidence in reading skills. And there's one strategy in particular that caught my attention, because it reminded me of something my mom had me do when I was a child. And what might that be? Well, I'll describe my mom's exercise at the end, but this program that intrigued me involved reading out loud to dogs. This might sound a little goofy at first, but some studies have found that dogs can have a calming effect that reduce some indicators of stress. And given that they are, at least as far as we can tell, a non-judgmental audience, the idea is that perhaps reading to a dog could be a way to encourage struggling readers to do more reading practice and help to build their skills and confidence. Could that really work? Well, it turns out there's a little bit of research in this area. A 2014 South African study looked at 106 third graders who received low scores on a standardized reading test and were struggling to read at grade level. Once identified, the students were randomly assigned to one of four groups. One group served as the control group and continued with their regular classroom activities. The students in the other three groups, however, received opportunities to read aloud in different conditions. One group of students read aloud to a trained adult volunteer 
a second group read aloud to a teddy bear in the presence of a trained adult volunteer, and a third group read aloud to a trained therapy dog and the owner, who was also trained to facilitate the reading process. For 10 weeks, the students met with their new reading buddy for a 20-minute read-aloud session. Mostly, the sessions involved reading books out loud and explaining the difficult words to their live, stuffed, or canine audience. To see if there would be any changes in reading ability over time, the students' reading skills were assessed before the program began, after the program concluded, and eight weeks after the end of the program to see if the changes were lasting. So was there any difference between the groups? The researchers assessed reading speed, accuracy, and comprehension. And at the end of the 10-week program, students who read to a therapy dog demonstrated higher reading comprehension scores than students in the other groups. And when assessed again eight weeks later, the dog group continued to score higher in reading comprehension than the other students. So the results are intriguing, but could this strategy be applied to building confidence among kids who are not so keen on the idea of performing in front of an audience? Well, it's not apples to apples, of course, but this study did remind me of something my mom often had me do from a very early age. I grew up a few miles outside of a small Midwestern town in a heavily wooded area surrounded by birds, squirrels, frogs, and other critters. I also had some chickens and ducks that wandered around the yard and swam in the pond a dozen yards or so from the side of our house. Like most kids, there were days when I didn't feel like practicing, so often my mom would trick me into doing a run-through or mock performance by setting up a stand on the porch and suggesting that I give the animals a performance. The challenge she gave me was to see if I could get the animals to respond to my playing, whether it was one of the ducks, the birds at the bird feeder, or the rogue chicken which broke from the other hens and lived in a grove of trees behind her house, the goal was to see if I could play beautifully enough to get them to approach me, like that scene in Cinderella where all the animals help her make a dress. It may sound a little silly, but in hindsight, I think this exercise helped me to practice a particular performance mindset, which seems to be in line with what the advocates of reading to dogs describe as being part of the benefit of the exercise. Whereas anxious readers have some of their cognitive resources tied up by worries, about what others might think, and thus cannot engage as deeply in the reading itself, more confident readers seem to be able to immerse themselves more effectively in the book and read more proficiently. Likewise, when playing to attract an audience of birds, squirrels, and chickens, my focus was on playing expressively rather than worrying about playing perfectly. I think somewhere in my eight-year-old brain, I assumed that the key to getting a squirrel to approach or a bird to sing or a frog to croak lay not in flawless intonation, but in my ability to create a beautiful sound or project some sort of emotion in my playing, which was a mindset that more naturally transferred over to performances, even when my audience was no longer composed of animals, but actual people. The idea of doing mock performances for the family pet might sound a little quirky, and it's a big leap to take the little research on this reading practice strategy and apply it to music performance, But if you have students who aren't comfortable with the idea of performing in front of an audience, perhaps it could be a helpful exercise to try. Because this may be the rare context in which students can practice performing for a real but totally non-judgmental audience and cultivate a mindset that prioritizes playing beautifully rather than striving to avoid mistakes and worrying about what others might think. After all, that don't screw up mindset pretty much sucks the fun out of performing for any performer at any age whether it's in one's own backyard or on stage in front of a packed house. You can find links to this week's study and other resources at bulletproofmusician.com blog. And if you found the episode helpful, 
Please share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think might also enjoy experimenting with this during the coming week. Thank you.